everyone. Welcome to the Beauty and Behavior Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Sorensen, mother, grandmother, former teacher, and currently supporting parents who want to understand their children's behavior at a deeper level. This is where we talk about changing our perception and limiting beliefs around behavior to a more conscious approach to understanding ourselves, each other, and our most vulnerable population, our children. I share my self-discovery journey and what I've learned along the way and what I'm currently discovering as I continue evolving on this journey. My hope is that as we become more conscious of how we show up for ourselves, our children, and others, that we'll discover the beauty that lies within us all. So I hope you enjoy today's show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And today I have with me Jesse Sherlock. Um, and Jesse and I met, we first met at a live event um, back in February 2020, right before the whole COVID things started. I just feel like that was eons ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, right before you hit record, we were just, I was just saying how like I crave seeing people in person I, at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny because we split our, you know, I, I, I do this and I, I imagine that other people do it too. Um, split my life into the before and, and now, you know, before COVID and yes, now, <laughs> I, yes, yes. I feel like there'll be lots of stories told in years from now of, of this time. And, you know, I'm very curious to sort of see how like our perceptions evolve it once we're not in it anymore. But yes, I do that too. Like pre-COVID, my mom actually calls this year, the gap year. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she'll, she just lovingly refers to it as like 2020, the gap year. Yeah, I think of it as, you know, just a kind of a stripping away of some of our old ways of being. And so we're going to talk about that um, in in this episode. Um, But yeah, so we met um, at that live event and then we're kind of in this community of women together um, where it's kind of women helping women rise. And, um, and then also, uh, you are um, a participant in my program. So we've teamed up together to um, uh, move, move forward in your relationships with with your children. So, um, and so Jesse, you have a podcast um, that you started in 2020, right? Yeah, I, you know, we were just talking about COVID. I started it March 31st, which is my daughter's fourth birthday. So just as COVID started. <laughs> okay, yeah. And it's called This Is My Truth. And so I just think you have such an amazing story. Um, so tell us how you got to the point where, how, how did you start that podcast or why did you start the podcast? Yeah. So um, first of all, thank you. Thank you for having me on here to have this conversation. I, I love, I've loved, you know, 
the numerous conversations we've had. And I have to just do a quick plug for the work that you're helping me in terms of building the relationships with my daughter. And we'll, we'll get to this, but part of what I've realized over the last year, and I couldn't agree with you more that 2020 has been this mirror for so many of us. Um, and for me, it's really helped me realign with my values and where I'm getting energy and where I'm not getting energy. And it's allowed me to really become comfortable with the uncomfortable, which I think mm -hmm. parenting in particular is like yes. that on steroids. Yes. And um, so just thank you. I, I know I've said this mm -hmm. to you personally, but you, you are an inspiration to me. You know, the, the tools that you're teaching me and my family are insurmountable. Um, and so I'm very excited. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Okay. So where did I begin? You know, I'd like to start by talking about my 603 moment. And that is the moment where I'll never forget. It's 603 in the morning and I'm brushing my teeth with my electric toothbrush. And my husband just looks over at me and asks me, are you happy? And I think it's important to understand that I'm not a morning person or I wasn't at the time. And for some reason, and I still don't know why, but that morning I just looked at him and I blurted out the truth. And the truth was I wasn't happy. And I don't think, you know, at that point I was 33, 34 years old. Like, I don't think at that point I had ever admitted to myself let alone out loud to somebody else that I wasn't happy. And when I started to dig in and when I started to be intentional about sort of rediscovering who I was, I learned a lot of things. And one of those things was for so long of my adult life, and honestly, probably even, you know, in my childhood, I lived by labels. So I spent the last 13 plus years of my career at Google. So I was a Googler. Then I was a woman who, you know, then I got married. So I was a wife. Then I was a woman who struggled with infertility. And then eventually, you know, gratefully, I, I became a mom. And in all of those different labels, I lost myself. You know, we often talk about in, in our community, um, you can't pour from an empty cup. I like, didn't even understand what that meant. Like mm -hmm. I didn't even have the water going into a cup. Like there was nothing left for me. And I just was giving, giving, giving. And in all of that, I lost myself. And so when I finally realized that, and I admitted to my husband that I wasn't happy you know, we looked at each other and we we're like, oh shit, like, did she really just say that? Right. And I had a choice. I could ignore it and just go on and pretend I never said that, or I could get help. And I, I thankfully, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that I, I got help because it started me on this journey and this journey, you know, helped me recognize that, I had lost myself. It helped me recognize who I was. And it also made me deal with things that I hadn't dealt with ever 
like really tough things that had happened to me. And one of those things was my, my journey to becoming a mom. And we can definitely dive into that if you'd like, but what I'll say is that for me, I spent so much of my life building up walls and shoving down my emotions. Like I'm really good at that. And it's made me really good at different parts of my life. Like I was really successful at work. I rose very quickly up the corporate ladder. You know, if you looked at my life and I had quote unquote, like everything that everybody ever, you know, says that you should have, I was quote unquote, like living this American dream, but on the inside, it was crumbling. And through this community, through getting help, I was able to recognize that there were things I needed to deal with. And so I started to to unpack that and I started to share my story. And in doing so, I found community and connection like I had never had before. And so my podcast, This Is My Truth, is my way of paying it forward for all of those people who were there for me, supported me, and just listened. And it was through, you know, their stories and through my stories that we could see fragments of our own stories. And so that is the impetus of of the platform. Yeah, that's so, that's so great. I, you know, when you say what I was thinking of when you were talking about how, um, you know, we can't pour from an empty cup and you didn't even have water and you had nothing in the cup. I didn't even know what that meant. You know, I think traditionally um, we do that. It's, it's, I was, as you were telling your story, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about how we just give, 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 you know, that's how we're programmed that um, we just need to keep giving. And we do ignore kind of those inner knowings that kind of come up, like, I don't feel really happy. And then we just shove that down. Um, Cause that's exactly what you said is, you know, why would I not be happy? I mean, I have, you know, I, I've done all the things that society says I'm supposed to do. I've checked all those boxes. I'm supposed to feel happy. And I, and I think that too, and I talk about this a lot in my program. Um, you know, I talk about feelings a lot, um, but how we are kind of conditioned to um, not listen to ourselves. And I think we do often think, well, I'm not supposed to feel this way. Just from the messages, we get through our traditional discipline, um, how, you know, we're always told, oh, you're okay, you're okay, you know, it's not that big a deal, just, you know, let's move on, have a, have an ice cream cone, and let's, let's move on, um, and so we don't learn to really listen to ourselves. and that, well, you know, I'm not supposed to feel this way, I'm supposed to feel the way that everybody says I'm supposed to feel, and, and everybody says, I've, you know, I've checked the boxes, so I'm supposed to feel okay, um, and I think that's a big shift um, that we need to make is starting to, you know, listen to ourselves and not necessarily have these boxes <laughs> that we need to check. Because checking the boxes really isn't making us happy, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think you and I have had this conversation where, you know, when someone first asked me like, okay, how are you feeling? And I, I don't remember, like sad. And they're like, well, where in your body do you feel that? I was like, excuse me, what do you mean? Like, you know, yeah. that, that was never taught to me. And, you know, my parents are amazing. My mom is in early childhood education for the last 35 plus years, right? Like she, mm-hmm. she gave me all of these amazing skills but sometimes that doesn't even matter, right? There's outside influences, school, friends, family, you know, extended family members, like, frankly, like society telling you, um, to just move on to, you know, how many times have, have we said like, pull on your big girl pants and just keep going. Like, and I do think that there's, there's a time and a place for that, but Mm -hmm. there's also a time and a place for just pausing and, you know, having that breakdown and just letting it all out. And maybe not, you know, how I used to do this, you know, I used to pride myself in not crying. I would literally say that I turned my husband and be like, wow, like I haven't cried in like five years. Like, I guess I like really needed to, and like, that's not healthy, but I didn't know that at the time. I just, that was, I prided myself in that. I was like, oh, like I'm like pretty badass. I don't cry. Right. That's kind of the way we're taught, but subtly, you know, not like nobody says don't ever cry, you know, but you know, there's such subtle um, messages mm-hmm. that, that we get that we don't realize that it's even causing, you know, internal conflict. And so we, we often we do when we start kind of taking these apart, people are like, well, you know, I turned out, you know, this is the way I was raised and it turned out fine. You know, there's kind of a defense. Like you said, it's not that our parents were bad and, that, and it's not that we've done anything wrong either. It's just how we were pro- we were conditioned to do it. And so when we start to look at it another way, and I think that's that's what I really want to talk about today is, is shifting our perception and looking at messages, you know, behind all these little subtle things um, that you would think, well, such a small thing um, causes, you know, it's hard to believe that it will cause that much conflict, um, but it's, it's the buildup of, of all of these other little things. Um, and I just think, I think feelings um, are really at the core of so much um, of our, you know, challenges with ourself and in our relationships. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, what was coming up for me when you were talking is, is an example of like those subtle, those subtle things. So, um, you know, I often say my children are my mirrors and I, I'm blessed with two amazing little humans. They're four and a half and two and a half, um, right now. And, you know, they, my oldest in particular is very much, I often say she's my mirror because like the things that I want her to thrive in, right? Like feeling emotions, having big emotions, understanding how to, to, to feel those, but then regulate them or self-regulate them. Like those are skills that I'm learning at 36. And so I'm flying the plane, you know, while building it in a lot of ways in terms of helping her to, to deal with this. But what I want to call out is those subtle things where 
where what I have learned or what I have come to recognize for myself is in a lot of this, as I've made these shifts for myself and therefore for my family, I've had to get really comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. And that's hard in today's society. Um, you know, we were, we were visiting friends and, um, my daughter, my oldest daughter has some sensory processing things. And so transitions sometimes are hard for her. And so we were leaving and, um, she wanted, she wanted to borrow a toy. And so I was, you know, I was saying like, you know what, we're, we're not, we're going on vacation after this. We're, we're not going to borrow a toy because we're not going to be return, be able to return it for a while. And my good friend was just like, you know what, just like let her borrow a toy. So she like takes her downstairs. She comes up with like six toys and I'm like, like, and it's just, just such a small example, but mm-hmm. I was comfortable with Lucy's tantrum, right? Because I, I gave her a boundary and, and she mm-hmm. pushed up on it and I held still with my boundary, but my friend not meaning any, any like ill will or, um, I'm not trying to be malicious in any way, just was like, saw the tantrum and immediately was like, let me just, let me just resolve for it. Right. And yes it's such a small example. And again, like there was no harm done necessarily, and it was not done with any ill will, but it's that example of, you know, me being comfortable with my child tantruming, but recognizing that not everyone in my space is comfortable with that. And so how do I hold those two things? Um, it's hard. It's, it's not easy. And I'm still trying to, to figure that out. And that's, that's one example, you know, right. that that's with friends, but I think this plays out in school, this plays out in, mm. on the playground with people you don't know. Right. And that holding those two things is uncomfortable and you got to yeah. figure out a way to become comfortable with that. Right. Yeah. So it's the whole, um, we don't want to have conflict. We don't want to have upset. So let's just, you know, do whatever we need to do to shut that down. Exactly. And that, that's where what we've gotten to a point where just there's so many kids who don't know, who are unable to regulate because they're not, we don't let them have their emotions. You know, we have to let children experience their emotions, their frustrations, their disappointment. Um, their anger in order to know how to manage it. Um, and so that's a big shift we're, we're kind of going to. And like you said, it can be really uncomfortable um, because it's not the traditional norm. And people are like, well, let's just, you know, shut that down. And so that plays into how I think, you know, I've talked a lot about boundaries Um too, and how that plays into our inability to set and hold boundaries. And so like you were saying, you had a boundary, your daughter didn't like it. Um, and that's okay. Uh, so then you, you are, have the opportunity to help her through managing disappointment, um, where you know, the other person just wanted to shut it down. Let's not have any disappointment. Let's not have any of this. Um, and we're taught to take care of each other's feelings. Um, so, you know, it's up to me to, I need to do something to take care of this. And so, yeah, we've done all that. So, um, so Jesse, 
you are kind of taking another, um, so you, so you were at Google and so you, you were, you went up the corporate ladder and now you've recently just decided to leave Google. And I think when we were talking before, this is what I'd understand and you tell me if that's right, that your, your focus on the podcast for 2021 is going to be about kind of about breaking down some of these barriers, breaking down in, in not, not just the parenting realm, but, but in all different realms of our life. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, I'd, I'd love to. So yes, I, I made the, the very hard and bittersweet decision in lots of ways to, to leave Google at the end of the year. And I have been there by the time I leave, I'll have been there 13 and a half years. Um, and it was, it was not a decision that was made lightly. It was not a decision that was made overnight. It was lots of conversations, probably over a year with my husband. Mm -hmm. But when we finally got to a place where we were both comfortable with, with the decision, what was like the phrase that kept coming up for me. And I'll, I'll say this in a politically, not politically correct way, but like without cursing, it's just like F the handcuffs. And <laughs> Um, and originally where that phrase sort of came from, for me was like, as I was trying to, you know, bring my husband along this, this notion of like the golden handcuffs and for anyone who's worked in corporate or maybe not in corporate, but like this notion of like being tied to a job that doesn't necessarily feel aligned, but you get paid really well for it. And so you stay, right? Like you just stay in a situation because the money is good. And like, why wouldn't you? And so I felt like that. I felt that for years at Google and, you know, I was still growing and learning. And so there were other reasons why I stayed, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that, you know, the, the golden handcuffs were, were one of those reasons. Mm -hmm. And so when I finally made the decision to leave this, this phrase of like, ask the handcuffs kept coming up to me. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it was like, yes, there was this notion of golden handcuffs, but handcuffs can mean lots of different things, right? Like what are the cultural implications of that are keeping me small? What are my own beliefs that are keeping me small? What are, you know, I, I, I think about this from, from a parenting perspective too, of, you know, we had made the decision to, to do this homeschooling pod and we, you know, right around the same time I made the decision to leave Google that sort of blew up on us. And, you know, I often felt very restricted by the, the, that decision because we had very tight quarantine, um, commitments as a pod and, you know, I'm not out there licking sidewalks right now, but, um, <laughs> this, this notion of, of sort of just being free to be mm -hmm. myself for the first time, maybe in 36 years yeah, is so exciting. It's terrifying. I, I, I'll be honest about that, but it's so empowering and, so like, what if, what if all of us were honest about those handcuffs that we have consciously or unconsciously strapped on and, and started one by one to strip them and like, where does that leave you? And 
how does that empower you to be the person that you've always wanted to be? And so as I look to 2021 for the podcast, we'll be exploring lots of different versions of those handcuffs um, because I think it's such an interesting, um, you know, it can go in so many different ways and be explored in lots of different ways. And again, like I think there's conscious handcuffs and then unconscious handcuffs and by allowing ourselves to hear the stories of others, like we can see our own fragments of our own story in that. And so I'm excited. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I love that um, statement you made, free to be myself. I mean, how, how often do we, I mean, if you really look at your life, how much of it is lived for ourselves? You know, we, we, you know, put on this, kind of become what we're, what we think other people want us to be. Um, you know, all these expectations of how life is supposed to be and how, you know, we, like we said, checking the boxes and, you know, I know one day I stopped to think and it's like, somebody said something about living life for myself. And I really had to think about that and go, oh, I don't think, you know, a lot of my life has really been lived for myself. You know, we live, we, you know, do for our kids, we do for our families, we do for our parents, we do for, like I said, expectations. And, you know, we, be, we you're right. We do become handcuffed to time. I mean, how much of a victim are we to time? You know, time is like, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for that. We don't get enough sleep. And, you know, we have to make money and have, you know, these things. And so, yeah, we just really become conditioned to this pattern of life. And then when we go, I don't think I'm, is this what life is about? Is this all it is? It's, you know, am I really happy that we kind of shove that down and go, oh, yeah, 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 it's fine. Look what I have. I have a family. They're healthy. You know, I have a job. I bring in money. Um, and so we just kind of stay stagnant to that. And I think really 2020 has showed us that there are many different ways to do life. Um, and we were kind of forced to see that, to look at, you know, there are a lot of different ways to do life and coming to terms with, um, you know, looking at our own dark sides or our own shadows, um, you know, being in our homes with our children 24 hours a day, um, you know, and we couldn't busy ourselves because I think, you know, society has gotten such, we're busy, 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 busy all the time. And for myself too, you know, I share, well, I call myself discovery journey um, on here and just discovering, you know, all of, you know, those feelings and what I've shoved down and kept busy not to look at. And, you know, anxiety, I mean, you know, I think the majority of people have anxiety, which really is about, 
not feeling our feelings. You know, anxiety, you know, when we don't feel our feelings, we don't release them. They, they stay within us as conflict and they morph into other things like anxiety, depression, and all of that. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more with, with any of that, of what you just said. Um, I think what's been interesting as I think about 2020, you know, for myself and then sort of those around me, I've, I'm generalizing a little, but I think people fall into two camps. It's the camp of people, you know, like the 2020 was really hard and, um, that, you know, it's the, it's sort of the victim mentality of like, they're not willing or they're not able to sort of like, see what I feel were the gifts of 2020. And I'll be honest, like 2020 was not easy for, for, for me in any means. And I definitely had lots of spirals downward and, Mm -hmm. um, I definitely had moments of like, why is this happening to me? But I would say, you know, when I think about 2020 on, on the whole, it actually has been an amazing year. I, you know, despite the fact that we had close family members who, you know, had COVID, uh, family members who passed away, um, family members that had, you know, very, very severe health issues, not COVID related, but like when I look at all of this stuff that has happened in 2020, if I had been in, you know, the spot that I was maybe like five years ago, I would have been like, oh my, like, this is the worst year in the entire universe. And now I sit here almost, you know, New Year's Eve thinking, you know, 2020 wasn't easy, but there are some amazing things. Like I was able to spend six weeks on leave and a hundred percent dedicated time with my kids. And like, I was present and in, got to enjoy like the small moments of like seeing them actually go from siblings to friends at Mm. two and a half and four and a half. And, um, I desperately miss like hugging friends and seeing friends and traveling. Like, I want to be clear that I'm not like sitting here saying like, it was totally like peaches and things like there are things that I miss, but, um, on a whole, Oh, we have some kids in the background there. <laughs> we have visitors. Um, yeah. I, on a whole, you know, this year has honestly stripped me to my core and mm-hmm. has allowed mm-hmm. me to really be honest about what it is I want out of life. And it yeah. has allowed me to be really honest about where Mommy, I'm getting energy. where I'm getting That's energy. Yeah, this is yeah. 2020 Leish. That, um, right, right. <laughs> where this I'm is getting life. energy and, and where I'm not. And so um, I think that's important because I think that you know, if I hadn't gone through all of this, if I hadn't done a lot of the work, if I hadn't been honest with myself and worked really hard to sort of like understand where it is that I want to go, I would probably be still like stuck in that. I don't want to say stuck. Like the job has like afforded me lots of things, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I would have ever had the confidence or the courage to take the big leap that I'm taking and know intrinsically that I trust myself to 
be successful and however I define success for myself. And that's the key, right? It's yes. the success is how it's on my terms, not on anybody else's terms. Oh, I love that. I love that. Success on your terms. Yes. And you know, 2020 was painful. I mean, we've had a lot of loss, a lot of tragedy. Um, and so, you know, I don't make you know, light of that in any way, shape, or form, um, it has been difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, like you said, it kind of strips us to the core and really looking at the core, <clears throat> excuse me, the core of ourself. And what do I truly want? And I think too, it is kind of helping to see more individual, uh, you know, we can do things more individually rather than um, we all have to be the same. Uh, and because, you know, it, we've had to make choices on, you know, how you're going to educate your kids. You know, some people were, you know, deciding to go face to face. Some others were saying, well, like you said, we, you know, decided the pod and are, are we going to do homeschool? Are we going to do online, you know, public school. So there were a lot of those decisions to make. And I think a lot of people were struggling with, what do I do? What's the right thing? You know, because we've split the world into this right and wrong, good and bad. And, um, you know, with the fear of making a mistake, um, you know, because again, those subtle messages that if you make a mistake, you're going to, something bad's going to happen because you're going to be punished. Um, And so I think it is really coming to terms with, well, I might not be doing the same thing my neighbor is doing or my best friend um, because, you know, what what is helpful in learning to one child isn't for another or what is effective for one family isn't for another. And so I think we've really had to start making some of our own individual um, choices. And, and then again, that goes into all these different realms of our life. Like, you know, we kind of had to make decisions about our jobs too. Um, many people uh, in that and staying home, working from home and just, you know, rethinking how we're, how we show up in the world and how we are in the world. And um, yeah. And I, I was talking to, um, Jordan Wabra a few weeks ago on the podcast and, you know, talking about shifting our perceptions on the way we think about food and how we nourish our bodies. And then somebody else was talking about shifting our perception around how we think about money and, you know, how we attach our worth to, to money and some different ways of thinking about that. So I just think, you know, we're on the verge of of stepping into just a whole new realm. And I think in that a lot, there is a lot of pain because there is a lot of falling away of what we know. And that's really scary, Um, you know, because our brain is pattern seeking, right? We, it wants to know, wants to see the patterns and it goes, hey, wait a minute, this is a threat. This, I don't know any of this. Um, And so really it's really rewiring our brain. And yeah, I think there's 
like the way that I wrap my head around it is it's, it's for me, it's how, how do I become comfortable with the uncomfortable? Because that, that's, you're sort of sitting in that space that, you know, you may get judgment and you have to be okay with that to an extent, um, or at least be able to like work through it if it happens. And I think that, you know, to your point, like there's there, we live in a society right now, a culture where it's one way or the other. What was coming up for me when you were talking, I just recently listened on our very long drive to Chicago to Massachusetts for the holidays. Um, the dare to lead conversation with president of Barack Obama, um, mm -hmm. with Brene Brown. And it was fascinating to me because what Brene talked about with, with the president was, um, this paradox, right. To be able to hold two things that are opposite at the same time and recognize there's truth in both of those. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I've never thought about that as a skill that I have. And I think to some extent, I actually have it, maybe not to, to the president's extent, but um, because I often think about, you know, that gray, right? There's yeah, yeah. when, when we're not able to see another perspective, when we immediately, you know, think red state and like ha pull up an image of, of what that means, or we think parenting and we have an image of what that looks like and it, everything around that doesn't fit into that box, you immediately go into like a certain, a certain mindset. And so to be able to, to hold the truth that those people like believe that, but, and, and that is their truth to some extent and understanding that and unpacking it, but then also mm -hmm. be able to hold your own truth of, of maybe having different values and seeing if there's a way to, to sort of come together or not, but, but at right. least acknowledging right. that, right. That's often what I, you know, what I, my vision for my platform is the ability to, you know, bring on people whose, you know, opinions or values might be different than mine and have a conversation. Um, because I often feel like, you know, when you're, when you're having an intentional conversation with somebody whose values are different or sees the world through a different lens, it opens your aperture, right? It opens your yes. perspective. And mm -hmm. that's the only way that I can think of, you know, and I, I would love to, to hear others' opinions on this, but for me, that's the world I want my kids to live in. I want my kids yeah. to be able to, you know, recognize and like have their opinions, have their perceptions, but have that ability to, to recognize and understand that everyone's bringing their own experiences to the table and, just because they, their experience might not be the same as theirs, there's value in that experience and you have to acknowledge that. And to me, that that is true in parenting, that is true in school, that is true in, frankly, life and corporate and, and whatever that looks like because it's in that gray, it's in that ability to hold those two you know, seemingly opposite things that like transformation happens, that ideas are born, that we can move forward as, 
as I don't want to say necessarily as one, but to some extent, at least acknowledging that there, that there can be a path forward. Yeah, um, yeah. And that, that's what I want. That's what I want for myself. That's what I want for my kids. That's what I want for, for all of us. Right. Yeah. And that's what I love about your platform, Jesse, is that you hold space for people to tell their truth and to be able to speak it. And I think you have given um, a lot of people permission to tell their truth. You know, we often, you know, like myself, I grew up, um, you know, with, with a mom who and, and love her dearly. And, but she, you know, it was about how we, we look to the world, you know, how we showed up, how we, you know, it didn't, it was like, it didn't matter who I was as long as um, people saw me a certain way, you know? And so, you know, that's, you know, spending your life just trying to fit in to whatever, environment you're in and you mentioned Brene Brene Brown and you know one thing she talks about is that that fitting in is actually a barrier to true belonging and being united and being true to ourselves because actually what we do is we abandon ourself our truth to fit into or to become whoever we need to in that environment to be accepted And so, yeah, it all comes back to acceptance, accepting ourself and accepting others, um, even if, you know, they don't share the same opinion as ours or their experiences have been, you know, different. Um, Yeah, I love that. So, so yeah, thank you for coming on today and talking about all of this. I think I just, I love these conversations and um, yeah, I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about these kinds of things um, um, going in the future. I love it. Thank you for, for creating this space because I, I agree with you. It's, it's not an easy shift to make, but the more each of us, you know, to me, it's about being curious. Yeah, I, I come from a sales background. Um, you know, I like I said earlier, I come from a family of educators. My mom's in education. My sis, both my sisters are in education. I took it like a very hard left and went into sales. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I think that at the core of all of it, right, is was this curiosity, and and to me it, that's what it comes down to, right? Like if you are coming from a place of genuine curiosity, really trying to understand another's perspective and understand like, that's where a shift, where a shift can happen. And so I, you know, for, for your audience, if I were to leave you with anything, it's get curious, get curious about yourself, get curious about those around you and be kind to yourself to others and give, give everyone that space. Um, because it is within that, that gray that I do think that the transformation can happen. Right. All right. Well, thank you for being here, Jesse and check out Jesse's podcast. This is my truth. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye everybody.
Thank you for tuning in to the Beauty and Behavior Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'm so very grateful for all of you who are showing up here with me because I believe subtle shifts create big impact. How we show up in our life, in our relationships, or our parenting impact our life, our children's lives, and the world. If you're ready to brave the wilderness of your beautiful soul, live life from the inside out, and create the life you want to live, head over to my website at diansorensen.net and get on my calendar to see if the Beauty and Behavior family is the right fit for you. I got you, and we'll talk again soon.